Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, Friday, June 5th. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia. It's hour two of our two-hour show every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to dive into some NFL props before we do that, just kind of recapping our top stories. Of course, the NBA makes it official. They will be back by a vote of 29 to 1. No, it was not the Knicks that voted no. It was the Portland Trailblazers. That seems to be the joke today. Why the Knicks would vote no, I have no idea. Uh, either way, at this point, it should be really interesting, really competitive. We're going to finish out the NBA season, and then the new season, Joe, will run uh, and start up December 1st, 2020. So people wanted the NBA potentially to start mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. The NBA is like, are you nuts? we got to make our money. we got to play all the games. And so my guess is the NBA will run, uh, start up in, in December, play their full 82 We'll just have an NBA Finals in later June or later July, but it won't make a huge difference. And officially, it looks like of the big four sports, and some people would be mad because I didn't mention soccer, and that's fine. I understand that. But of the big four, which is, of course, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and Hockey, NBA has the plan in place to begin, and we'll see them in training camp in a little bit less than a month from now. Yeah, very exciting news. I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are as well. So this is our promise to not only uh, the watchers and listeners here of the program, but also to each other that we are going to dive back in to the NBA and uh, get into it again. And I'm excited. I'm glad it's coming back, even though Portland doesn't seem to care or want it. What's wrong with you, Trailblazers? Come on, get on the grid already, Portland. (sighs) So weird. Don't know why. Very, uh... (laughs) Very, very strange situation with the Blazers going on there. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have that back up, of course, uh, July 31st. We'll cover training camp for you. And uh, as we get more information, certainly on baseball, we'll cover that for you as well. The draft's coming up next week. Perhaps we'll have a, a hard deadline. Some people have told me off the record that the 10th is sort of the hard deadline. So hopefully that is the case by the time they get to the draft, not to have every single player and executive and manager and, uh, you know, being being asked after the draft, no one is going to care about their players. They're going to care if there is a season or not. Uh, I think the clarity has to come in by the 10th. And if it, there's not a season, there's not a season. But at least by the 10th, let us know so we can have a draft aside from that. That would be really important. Okay, on to the NFL. One of my favorite players uh, for this year for the AFC rookie class because he got into a really good situation, I believe, is uh, CeeDee Lamb, who got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people potentially didn't think that the Cowboys needed another weapon there at offense because Amari Cooper is so good. And, of course, their tight end situation was okay, but Gallup was good on the other side. Uh, But Lamb was an elite guy at Oklahoma, and as good as any wide receiver, simply put, in all of college football, you could have interchanged a few of these guys. And his total among all the wide receivers is pretty much at the top or close. It's a big number, 749.5 over on the FanDuel Sportsbook, minus 112 to win 100. And it shouldn't come as a surprise that when Lamb has a good quarterback with him, he puts up big numbers, and he's got either Heisman Trophy winners or former Heisman Trophy winners, of course, with him in uh, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, 1,300 yards, 11.58 in college. Can't really compare. It's the Oklahoma offense. They're just throwing the ball constantly, and he only played in 12 or 13 games both those seasons, but he put up some massive numbers. Uh, I I don't know that Lamb is the best wide receiver in this class for the long term, but 
I, I just have to be uh, the guy that is on the island here. I think that Lamb is going to have the best uh, wide receiver numbers of any of the wide receivers in the NFL out of the, uh, out of the rookie position this year. I think he's going to overtake Gallup and be their number two. You know what? I, I'm kind of with you on the island. I mean, I, I, you and I, which is probably like the worst news for you to hear. You, you do not want me on that island. You wanted that island all to yourself. Can I get uh, off the island? You get off the island if I'm getting on it with you. That's fair. And then I'll have the island all to myself. All doses. One, two hours a day. That's about it. Believe me, the feeling's mutual. Uh, But here we go. We're we're talking not just about Oklahoma numbers. Let's talk about last year's incredible Dallas offense. Because right on the precipice of 5,000 yards, that's where Dak Prescott was last year. And just for reference, too, uh, the question is, is there enough touches and targets for him? in this offense with so many weapons, with Elliott, with Cooper and Gallup. And if we go through, Gallup had 1189, uh, excuse me, 1107, Mari Cooper had 1189, but Randall Cobb had 828 yards last year. So that's the role I'm looking for CeeDee Lamb in this year. And that's a big, like 828 yards, that's a lot. Even if there's regression from Dak at all, that's still a lot where this number all of a sudden I think is very achievable. And you mentioned the talent. Look, he's going to be working in single coverage all the time because Amari Cooper is going to have all the attention. I'm sorry. You know, you have to worry about Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb is going to be working in single single coverage all day long against probably the number two or even number three defensive back at times or against linebackers at times. This is a matchup nightmare. So I think Lamb can really get to this number. And it's not because of what he did in Oklahoma. It's because what the Cowboys offense yielded last year. And even if you build in some regression, we're talking like almost 100 yards regression there of that third wide receiver. So I think it's actually kind of achievable. And when I tell you that, does that make you even more encouraged about Lamb's potential in 2020? Well, I mean, I definitely... You know, I, I really am not considering putting bets on any of these right now. But when we would get to August, uh, then I would, you know, I would consider it. Uh, it would be really foolish to place a bet on the over right now, not knowing the situation with Prescott. And I think that, you know, most of us feel there's like a 90 percent chance that Prescott ends up playing. But why even leave yourself to that 10 percent? Absolutely. Because because if if something were to happen in July and Prescott was to make a statement, I'm not playing this year. We still would think he's playing this year, but guess what? This number would go down. FanDuel would have to adjust this by 20 or 30 yards, and then you would get a better number. So if I was going to bet the over, I would wait until Prescott signs. There's no rush. There's it's, it's great content for us to have, but it's a dumb bet to bet an over when the quarterback potentially could hold out. And if Prescott holds out and Jerry Jones is known to keep his guys waiting right up until the very end, like he did with Elliott and like he did with Emmett Smith many years ago, right. maybe, the guy, maybe the guy misses a game or two. So uh, I do like the over. He is my favorite guy this year in terms of receivers, and I love Rieger, but uh, but I, I do think Lamb's numbers are probably going to be the best of all this year. So I like the over only in a scenario where mm-hmm. uh, Prescott is, is playing. Well, I was just going to ask you, let's, let's say best-case scenario, Prescott and the Cowboys get a deal done, and let's say they get it early earlier than you expect. Let's say it all like say it's it's sunshine and roses in Dallas. Is that make you then really pivot and start to look at this number very seriously isn't over? No, because then I would have to know that they're gonna have a real training camp and a real okay. preseason. Okay. No, and, it's fair. And, he, and, and he's a rookie and that's that's look, there's a lot of facets with every single bet and every single part of this. And unfortunately with rookies it's a little bit more dicey than some others. And then if you want to combine that with the idea that he's holding out, there's reason for pause. But if all things are equal, there's also a situation where as long as FanDuel doesn't take these odds down, right before the first night of the season, you can get it in. So 
Um, you know, I like the over, but only under those particular situations. And by the way, I'd probably go against all the rookies if I knew that they weren't even going to get a chance to practice or play at all in July or in August. So we'll have to see how that comes out. But for Dynasty, different situation. Uh, okay, for Lamb's uh, touchdowns on the season, the odds are significantly different. Uh, strong, strong odds on the over here. Wow, you're risking $150 to win 100 The prediction here is essentially that he's going to have more than four and a half touchdowns this season. The under is plus 120. Uh, Look, the numbers are staggering with him at Oklahoma in terms of touchdowns. They were throwing the ball so much the last couple of years. He's got 25 touchdowns combined, even in 2017 when he didn't play that much uh, as a young kid. still went over the four and a half. So uh, on, on an individual prop, it's hard for me to see myself laying this kind of juice because it's so high, but it certainly is sort of telling you that that the prediction is is that he scores more than four and a half touchdowns. Yeah, I look going back to that same thing we we're talking about. What did the offense yield last year? Eight touchdowns for Cooper, six for Gallup, just three for Randall Cobb. And I think we both agree he's going to be a better touchdown threat than Randall Cobb was last year in this offense. But at the same time, I don't like touchdown numbers. Too fluky for me for the most part. Something I tend to stay away from. Whereas yardage, I think, is something you can really look at. And look, you know, if a guy's going to throw for 4,500 yards in a season, most likely you can look at that and say, okay, where are those yards going and and where's the percentage going? And I think it's very easy to look at Lamb and see at least why you're optimistic about the potential for an over, whereas looking at the touchdowns, that's a little scary for me. I think that's basically just like you like to say, you flip a coin and I don't want to live and die with that. Yeah, I mean Cooper's still there. They, you know, the the tight ends seem to get involved more in in the in the passing game also with Dallas. So it's not something that that I would really you know lean on one way or the other. But it is really interesting that that FanDuel is providing us with these numbers so early. I've paid attention to odds and things like this for a long period of time. I can't ever remember sports books having odds uh, in it, they had them in May, like having them right. in May. On, on futures in the NFL. I, I always remember, you know, team to win the AFC, NFC, Super Bowl. But it shows you that while we are essentially creating content, the sports books who are trying to make money have to create their own content as well. And I don't think that I, – I, I don't know what the max bets are. And I'm speaking out of school. I probably should know. But I, I would wonder what the max bets on all of these things are because a lot of the sports books – when you're betting online and betting on props this far out, the max they'll take is like 100 bucks or 200 bucks. You get closer to the season, they'll take whatever you want. But at this point, there's so much var- variability that um, it's it's curious to me. And I and and listen, it's it's created some fun things for us to discuss. But I, it's it's just crazy to me to see these up now. We still have months to go. Well, I'm trying to look at some rookie tight ends. Some I mean, excuse me, some rookie wide receivers that had some great you know first years, and then some of the touchdown totals in here. So I have some names for you. Percy Harvin's rookie season was very good. He had six touchdowns uh, going through. You got to go through like some of these guys in the 80s, which isn't really relevant. Uh, you know, like we're talking like Chris Collinsworth kind of names and things like that. It's it's funny because you look at the touchdown numbers, that's where it becomes difficult. Anquan Bolden had a great rookie season, 101 catches, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. So that's a lot for him. Uh, but it's, you know, it's basically Randy Moss <laughs> who had 17 in his rookie season. That's the that's the giant outlier. But obviously that was a very special offense, too. And he was the only wide receiver there. So, um, I mean, can he have that kind of a, a wide receiver season? That's probably unlikely. But 
I love the talent of CD Lamb. I really do. I was shocked when he didn't go first. Like I just I thought for him or Judy, it was one of those guys as a lock, and then neither of them went first. And I just and yeah. I just kind of scratched my head. I'm going, oh, okay, well, um, I guess they know something we don't, or they just feel like other guys are a better fit, quote unquote, for what they want to do. But uh whenever you're looking for rookie receiving yards, again, that's different than touchdowns. Touchdowns could be so fluky sometimes in the NFL. So it's uh it's almost as fluky as wins in baseball sometimes when you're trying to like get a pitcher win totals and things like that. There's so many things that they don't control about that. You know, the situation and then the getting the red zone target and all these other things that have to right. you know, and then they catch it and then it gets called back. There's so many problems with that. Whereas same as the win, you know, you have to hand it over, to, you know, you pitch really well, like Jacob DeGrom and never get any run support. You can hand it over to bad bullpens. All these things that can go wrong. The yardage total I like, the touchdowns, I just can't get behind right now. But I love what he could do in 2021. I'm very excited about him. All right. So with that, we'll take a brief time out on Fantasy Sports today. And when we come back, we're going to touch on a couple of more players, including a quarterback in the NFL who actually has put up some really big numbers over the last few years and then a potential running back on the rise. You're watching Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Huge NASCAR race coming up this weekend on Sunday. And our good friend Matt Sells is going to join us from Fantasy Alarm to give you some tips as to what you should get down on this weekend and make sure you catch us. Also, you can watch this weekend Joe Pizzapia on Diamond Bets. Joe, what's on the show coming up this weekend? Well, we're going to be diving into the American League West, some over-unders with the theoretical baseball season cut in half. And uh, we're going to be doing a little flipping cards as well. Some of the greatest slash worst slash greatest again baseball cards. And uh, we're going to ask some fun questions about them and play a little uh, little game Matt Stryker and I like to do. So if you like baseball, you like some laughs, you like some uh, some witty banter, Diamond Bets is definitely the show for you. So check it out every Sunday right here on The Grid on Sports Grid. I'll give you a little tip, a hot tip. Um, the FanDuel Sportsbook mm-hmm. has put up odds for the 2020 baseball season. Take it. I mean, you may not be able to guess no, this. I would, I, I would have not have guessed this. But what do you? What kind of odds do you think they put up in lieu of the win totals? They have every team. It's really interesting. Wait, it, the odds that they put like a number of a season? You mean number of games in a season? You're talking about? No. Like, what they? Oh, you, it's impossible to guess. FanDuel. They took down obviously their win totals. Right. For okay. The win. Right. right. Okay. Because we don't know how many games they're going to play. Oh, they have, so they put uh, up one or 0.5 over under is that what it is for everybody? No, oh, no they have their winning percentage for the season over under. Oh, oh, that's fascinating. That's a whole other way we'd have to look at things and understand. It's it's Ooh. actually a much smarter way to go about doing it. You know, they, I mean, we don't have no idea how many games are going to be. It may not even be a half a season at this point. They basically have the percentages as to how many how many uh, games the team will win in 2020. What percentage? Uh, well, here's a question: Will they keep that up after there's an agreement? Probably not. 
but that's you got to create content. <laughs> so <let's, laughs> listen, this, this may go on for another week or two. So or three. poor you and Gray Albright. <laughs> One <laughs> forever. We'll just keep coming on, wondering when it's going to come back. Oh my goodness. Oh, I I don't know, man. I just can't. I'm I'm just glad we just did a whole segment on CD Lamb. That makes me happy. I my mind is on football right now, and 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 excited about basketball. I can't believe that's where I'm talking. But I I legit that's why I want. Give me some NBA. Let's go. Let's get some playoffs going. Let's get some hockey. Give me some yeah, football talk listen, right now. Baseball, if, if, you get your if baseball, if they could make their announcement soon, it would be great because then I could take a vacation at that point. Then I would know that that's it, and you know, there's nothing, wait, there's wait, nothing wait. to look forward to. Are you going point. back on the island? You're talking about is that the vacation? Or what? I mean, there's nowhere. I mean, it's a bad time to take a vacation. So you I can't so go I, anywhere. I, I, I literally going? wouldn't take a vacation. I just I would have to really like I, I'd go into mourning for a little bit, and then I'd come out and figure out what to do. So wait, what, does that mean like you would have a beard to go with the hair? I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm, I I don't believe it's going to happen. But if it did, and it's going to be like you know, Tom Hanks. I would, nothing, <laughs> I would I would have to, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's been 90 days waiting for this. So. It's like Castaway. I'm going to like Craig Bish is going to come back and he's going to instead of a volleyball, he's going to have a baseball. Yeah. Well, he's going to no, he's going to have a baseball with a little face on it and he's going to talk it's to possible. it all the time. It's possible. Uh, It'll, Meet your new co-host. I'm going to be out. The baseball will be in. Craig Mish will be doing the show with a baseball that he's befriended on his deserted island if baseball doesn't happen. It'd be, be tough. You may not see <laughs> Rawlings. Oh, Brett just did it. Brett did it. <laughs> That's the name. Rawlings. There you go. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Not Spalding. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to uh, to some more interesting props here. <laughs> Uh, Kirk Cousins, wow, this is Cousins' yards in uh, 2020. His uh, his win total, uh, win total. His uh, over under is 37.50 and a half. And uh, draft and DraftKings for some reason gives you minus 110 to win 100, which is what it should be. And last year he would have went under that because he threw for 300, 3,603 passing yards the year before he threw for 4,298. But the Vikings were much better last year because they said, Kirk Cousins, we do not want you throwing 50 times a game. And they wanted them handing off to Dalvin Cook as much as possible. And I think that they have completely changed their offense around. I know that they drafted a wide receiver, so certainly that will help. I don't know that that will help this year, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the Vikings are now more a running team than they are a passing team. And they really don't have that many explosive weapons on the outside either. So uh, just at first blush, my lean would probably be toward the under here. And um, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan. I think that he has been uh, underrated. I think that last year he was a little bit underrated too. I think he gets he gets poked fun at too much and hurt too much because I think he's better than that. But it just things just don't seem to be trending in the right direction for me with him. Well, look, Kirk Cousins is inconsistent. That is the one thing you can hang on him. And I like Kirk Cousins too. And I think sometimes he gets some undue criticism and sometimes some deserved criticism. There was a stretch last year where he and Russell Wilson over eight games had the exact same stats basically. And everyone was talking about Russell Wilson at the time as MVP. And Kirk Cousins was legitimately right. And I mean, to the touchdown, almost to the yard over those eight game span. But of course, the season didn't begin very well for Kirk Cousins at all. And it did not end very well either. Uh, the other thing to take into account whenever you're looking at passing yardage totals is the defense. And the Minnesota Vikings defense is very good. I don't see a whole lot of shootouts in their future. You mentioned they're running the football more than they ever have. They have Devin Cook. They have Madison. They have options. 
And when you put in the running game options, when you add in the defense, when you add in inconsistency, man, I don't see any way you can get excited about going over this number at all. This number is barely over last year's total. And I think when you factor in the inconsistencies of Kirk Cousins, you're just asking for a trouble. I just I, I would stay away from this number, but I would even consider the under just because I think the Vikings are going to be, again, a team that runs the football, plays good defense. And then Kirk Cousins will, you know, find Adam Thielen and hopefully Jefferson as well. I mean, they've got some weapons there, too. I mean, I still believe in Adam Thielen. I don't think he's done yet. But Adam Thielen was hurt last year, too. And that's a thing to keep in mind, too. Like, Adam Thielen was, has taken a lot of shots and a lot of, lot of abuse yeah. in the last couple of years. And he's got a lot of mileage in a short period of time. So uh, how do you feel about this number when I talk about the defense really and the running game? I really don't like uh, – I don't like the over, so it would only be uh, the under. But, you know, the more the more I, I see this number, the more I like uh, the over on Thielen. If there's a number there for him, I'll have to uh, check mm. out and see what his number is because if um, – if DraftKings is setting this number this high at 3750, uh, if Thielen's number is right around a thousand or 1100, I would lean toward the over with him for sure. I, I mean, would, I, I, I would too. Be in a big year, so I, I mean, I, I don't would. know what his number is, and I don't know if he's going to have a number, but he's going to be the main target. He's going to be the main weapon, and if I'm doing math, uh, that still leaves you know, 20, you know, 2,700 other yards for Cousins well, to throw to. And I kind of wonder what the number is on Tajay Sharp, too, because there's another name that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. He had a couple moments last year, but Sharp's one of these guys that kind of bounced around, hasn't played with the best quarterbacks. I kind of, we're all waiting to see who kind of I'm not fills at all. The, I, Look, I don't know if it's going to be Sharp, if it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Somebody's going to fill that Diggs role or at least 75% of that Diggs role. And whatever that number I'm, is, that's something I'm to think about as well. Yeah, not confident in either of those guys. Uh, maybe Irv, Irv Smith is still there, tight end. Irv Smith is still there, so is Kyle Rudolph. But so I, I yeah, mean, I think it could be those, those guys. It could be like a Philly situation, like where they use those guys. That that's something that I could see. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake is our uh, second. We'll close out with this one. Um, his uh, his total is uh, just rushing yards. This is just his rushing yards over on DraftKings, and his total is 1,010.5, minus 110 to win 100. Uh, last year, when he was traded over to Arizona, he clearly was was very good. He rushed for 643 yards in eight games. The year uh, uh, before that, he uh, really didn't do much. The Dolphins didn't play him all that much. They you know, were using Frank Gore and some other players as well. Uh, you know, he'll probably have his opportunity this year. And uh, this is one that I would bet against. I do not think that he will succeed. So I would um, definitely lean on uh, on the under on Kenyon Drake. I do not trust the player. That's fair. You know, but then again, Lamar Miller left Miami and he became a very solid running back. And Kenyon Drake left last year and had a few really good games. And I know some of the games weren't perfect, but you look at what he did after week nine. He was basically a top five Running back, um, if I had to ask you how many carries Kenyon Drake gets this year, what would be the number in your head of just just carries, not not catches, not receptions, carries? Oh, uh, boy, I'm not really good at, at, at throwing those numbers out would there. Would you say but 230? I was, yeah, in the 200s was what I would have said. So I'm, okay, I'm not going to say 250 because I don't think he's a 250 carry guy. But do you want to meet in the middle with yeah. 230? Because if yeah. we meet in the middle of 230 with this 1050 rushing number, that's four and a half yards per game. Yeah, that I don't yeah, think. Excuse do. me. Four, four I don't, and a half yards I don't think he'll average four and a half yards a carry. Right. And I guess that's that's kind of where I'm going to is as much as I love Kenyon Drake, I feel like one of two things have to happen. He either has to be incredibly good with a 
with the touches he's given or they have to give him more touches. And I don't know where I'm at with that because we haven't seen him have that kind of a workload. And I know this offense can yield 250 because of how many plays they want to run. And that's an exciting prospect. I still like Kenyon Drake quite a bit. I would love to have him as my second running back, not my first. I don't think you putting money on him as your first running back in fantasy drafts is wise, but I do think he can be a very good fantasy back in 2020. And then right now he's got kind of like a third round ADP somewhere around there as a number two. And I think that's exactly where you want it to be. Right on the bottom of RB1, right on the top of RB2. Uh, I really like this offense. I think this year they're going to take a step forward with Hopkins too. But I can understand staying away from this number because you just don't know what Kenyon Drake is. And I know some people look at that as, hey, this opportunity. A lot of people don't know and they're afraid. And I know the adage of scared money doesn't make money. But like at the same time, you know, stupid money loses money. You know, it's like stupid. So let's not be stupid here. We haven't seen it yet. You would have to have everything go right for him to be like a 1200 yard guy or something like that. And I don't think he's that kind of a volume back. So I would probably stay away from this number. But in fantasy, I still think he could be a very good RB2 this year. And I like the ADP and I like the potential return on investment, too. We saw, you know, Chase Edmonds be good in this offense. You know, we saw, you know, some other guys come through there and have some good games. And then, of course, Drake came in and had some really good games. So a whole year with the playbook and, you know, hopefully some sort of offseason eventually with Kyler Murray in preseason. I, I'm very optimistic about this uh, Kenyon Drake in 2020 prospect. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I, I have to go based on what I've heard uh, of some of the things that happened in Miami, and and I would bet on that, um, on the individual as opposed to, um, you know, the talent there. Ooh, and I don't just, I, and, I don't, and I don't, I don't just buy that. Oh, oh, well, it was Adam Gase. It's like, listen, Adam Gase is not the only guy that was running the Dolphins. There's a lot of other people in the organization as well, and he wasn't the only one that thought that about the player. So. Uh, I could definitely listen. He could lead the league in rushing again. I've n I'm not black and white with anything. I think anything can happen. There's shades of gray with every player, but uh, in all likelihood, there's a place for every player in fantasy. But I don't think that he'd be on any of my teams this year. And I certainly would lean toward the under here. I could see him being a massive bust and, and something negative happening for him this year. I'm just not a fan. So. All right, uh, with that, we'll take a quick timeout. Coming back, we'll uh, hear from Matt Sells. He's got the big NASCAR lineup coming up for the weekend in Atlanta. Who does he like to win the race? We'll give you his tip coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back. On Sunday, we've got a big NASCAR race coming up. It's the one sport that has really provided us a nice distraction from every, everything else really happening in sports. Matt Sells has been crushing it. 
over at Fantasy Alarm. His columns and advice have been fantastic with this restarted NASCAR season, and he joins us now to break down Sunday's big race. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. What's going on? Sure thing. Uh, not too much. Just, you know, prepping for Atlanta this week. It's actually interesting because I had written all of the columns for the Atlanta race, and then uh, come Saturday morning, the weekend it was supposed to happen back in March, they canceled everything. So, um, so yeah, so it's kind of like deja vu this week because we get to write the same stuff. Uh, a little bit different because we've got, you know, more races have now happened since sure. it was supposed to be the first Atlanta race. So, but yeah, it's pretty exciting to go back to uh, uh, Atlanta, which is one of my favorite mile and a halfs. All right, so we'll get to the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 that's coming up this weekend. FanDuel has odds. Matt will give you his pick. Uh, before we go forward, let's go back. Monday night's race, the Xfinity Series ran. Uh, Noah Gragson ends up winning, and it looks like he and Chase Briscoe, Matt, are just going to fight this out right until the end. Uh, personally, I'm not a huge Xfinity Series guy. I'll watch the race on Sunday, so catch us up with what happened on Monday. Yeah, so it was a kind of a barn burner of an Xfinity race, kind of a wild one there. Um, and then, yeah, Noah Gregson and um, Chase Briscoe took it down to the wire. Um, and at one point, Noah Gregson got on the got on the radio there with Kyle Busch, who he used to drive for in the truck series, and then didn't recognize his voice. So that was kind of some funny some funny coverage because he accidentally cussed on air. So that was that was entertaining. But um, yeah, it was a great the the Monday Night Xfinity race provided just as much excitement, if not more, than the uh, Sunday. Uh, you know, cup race at Bristol. So, sure. so that was some good racing this weekend. Second, is that the way that it's, it's shaking out right now? Uh, yeah, I believe so. That Briscoe, uh, it's really, really close. Uh, yeah. And it seems that they're the big two this year. Uh, last year, they had the big three in Xfinity between Tyler Reddick, Cole Custer, and um, Christopher Bell. And all three of those guys are now in the cup series. So uh, we've got Chase Briscoe and Noah Gragson, who probably could have come up last year but didn't have rides. So they're going to battle it out for Xfinity. Um, and Justin Allgaier should get some, some uh, you know, play in there later in the season too. Okay. And, and by the way, are these odds on FanDuel for, for the uh, Xfinity races? I, I, I haven't checked. We're going to talk about the race coming up Sunday, but I do, are you allowed, are you, can you bet on those races on the Xfinity ones? Have you checked that out or no? Uh, there are odds on Xfinity ones. Um, I'm not allowed to use the FanDuel sportsbook where I live because it's geo, you know, it's, it's geographic yeah. trick. Um, gotcha. So I, I use some other ones. There are odds for the Xfinity race. Um, I believe there are also odds for the uh, truck series race that's on Saturday as well. They're doing a double header on Saturday. They have a truck series race at Atlanta at, I think, 1 Eastern. And then a Xfinity series race at Atlanta Saturday evening. And then the Cup series wraps up the weekend on Sunday afternoon. All right. So uh, let's move on now and, uh, and get to Sunday's race because I know a lot of people will be focused on that. By the way, uh, Matt Sells does a great job. All of his content from the NASCAR perspective you can find over at Fantasy Alarm. And he appears with us every week previewing the races. So uh, this week's race is called the Folds of Honor, Quick Trip 500, as you mentioned. And uh, Matt, let's take a quick look here at the odds on FanDuel. And uh, I didn't go uh, very deep beyond the top five. So you'll you'll tell me I, what I'm looking for here is who you think will win. And then potentially if you think that there's somebody that gives you some value, maybe somebody who I didn't include here. But for the sake of saving us 15 graphics of different players, uh, different drivers, uh, Matt, I'm just going to give you the top five, and then we'll go from there. 
Uh, we got Harvick at plus 430. We got Chase Elliott essentially 7 to 1, plus 700 on FanDuel. Kyle Busch is 7 to 1. Uh, Alex Bowman plus 850, and then Joey Logano is 9 to 1. It seemed like a, just about everybody was bunched up at, between 10 and 20, and then, of course, there's some long shots after that. But over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, they definitely give you a lot more options than just this. I want to be clear on that. Uh, okay, so uh, favorite to win this for you, and then give me a potential long shot for the weekend. So it's not a shock to see Kevin Harvick be the prohibitive favorite. I mean, he's well ahead of Chase Elliott. Uh, at plus, you know, Harvick's plus 430, Chase Elliott's plus 700, you said. That's right. a pretty big spread yeah. there in NASCAR. Uh, Kevin Harvick owns Atlanta Motor Speedway. They may as well just call it Harvick Motor Speedway. Uh, the guy is great at these types of tracks, and what I mean by that is Atlanta Motor Speedway is a very old racing surface. It hasn't been repaved since 1997. Imagine driving on a road that hasn't been paved in 23 years. It's a pretty beat-up <laughs> road. Not a lot of, you know, not a lot of grip. It's pretty slick. Um, it wears down your tires very quickly. Kevin Harvick is a master at keeping tires fast, even when they're wearing down. So um, I would say that Kevin Harvick is probably my pick going into the weekend. Now, keep in mind, there is no practice again. They're setting the right. playing by random draw based on owner points like they did for Bristol uh, on Sunday. So... The first time we see the cars on track, we'll be heading for the green flag. Um, but, yeah, given his track history, given how he looks in this package, uh, Kevin Harvick's probably going to be my pick to win. Although Chase Elliott, at this point, you can make the argument Chase Elliott probably should have won four races in a row at this point. Um, he was in position to win at Darlington a couple of Wednesdays ago, the second Darlington race. He was in position to win the Coke 600 and should have, but is uh, – Crew chief made a terrible pit decision, and then he won the second Charlotte race, and then with literally three laps or four laps to go at Bristol on Sunday, he was in the lead, and he and Joey Logano wrecked to give Brad Keselowski the win. So you can make the argument that Chase Elliott should have won the last four, and keep in mind it is also Chase Elliott's home track. He's from Dawsonville, Georgia, which is not terribly far from Atlanta, uh, so he... Uh, typically carries the advantage fan-wise if there were fans in the stands. So those right. two, not a shock to see them on top of the odds list. Now I'm not getting you, letting you leave. Just giving me two chalk. So give me, uh, give me one long shot potentially for this race and any reasoning, please. Well, I'll give you a guy that you didn't mention that might not be a full long shot, but is certainly not in the top five. And I'll go with Brad Keselowski. Uh, we just mentioned he just won at Bristol. Uh, he's now got two wins this year. Both came from terrible racing decisions by Chase Elliott. Uh, but Brad Keselowski won this race last year, and he's won a couple of times at Atlanta. Uh, in fact, last year, this was known as Brad Keselowski's flu game, in essence, because he had the flu all weekend and then somehow managed to drive 500 miles on a terrible racing surface. Um, so he's not a long shot. Um, but a guy that I would say is is probably still a long shot but shouldn't be is Christopher Bell. That guy has really started to come on in the Cup Series. Um, he knows how to drive tire wear specific tracks. He's done that very well in the Xfinity Series. He also has a dirt track background, which means he can slide the car through the corners pretty well. Um, so I'm not sure he's the longest of long shots, but I would say Christopher Bell is certainly heating up and he's definitely not in the top five or 10. Odds. All right. So, 
All right, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. A couple of long shots, there you go, so uh, check out Bell. Uh, where can people find uh, you, Matt, in terms of all of your coverage? I know uh, the salesman, of course, on Twitter, as we posted here, but uh, in terms of Fantasy Alarm, I know we still have a ways to go here with some more races coming up next week, too. Uh, yeah, so all of my stuff gets posted at fantasyalarm.com. We have a track breakdown that comes out Wednesday or Thursday, you know, a couple of days before each race. Gives you all the facts and figures you need for that race uh, based on, you know, it's basically tiered by driver salary uh, across both DFS sites. Uh, we've got a podcast that my partner Dan Malin and I do each week. It's like 45 minutes jam-packed of Basically, every driver in the field, we break them down, why we're playing them, where we're playing them, why we might not be playing them. Uh, there's rankings, so you can see how it's format, whether it's cash or GPP on FanDuel or DraftKings. Uh, we have projections that come out. There's a playbook. I break down about 17 or 18 drivers for the race, give you all sorts of strategy notes in there, and uh, always in Fantasy Alarm chat. So if you just have questions... Want to pop on over and ask some questions? We're always there answering questions. And I can obviously be found on Twitter, too. All right, awesome. Uh, what's the next race, by the way, Matt, after Sunday? The next race after Sunday at Atlanta, I believe, is Homestead. Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's right. It's in my backyard. That's next week. Yeah, it's down in uh, Homestead, Miami, which would have been the race following Atlanta originally. Um, so the second one that was postponed would have been Homestead. So they're going there, and then after... Uh, Homestead, I believe, is a Wednesday night race at Martinsville under the lights, so a short track under the lights midweek should be pretty sweet. And uh, they actually just announced the schedule all the way through uh, August 2nd. So we, we've got a whole bevy of races coming up. you got a lot of work to do for sure. You want to throw a dart at the amount of games they're going to play baseball this season? Well, since the commissioner thinks he has unilateral ability to set the schedule at 50 games, I'm going to go with 50 games. <laughs> Whether players actually want to show up and play that, I don't know. Yeah, but nah. right now it looks like the commissioner is just going to strong and strong arm people into playing 50 games. Why? Yeah. I don't know. You should just punt at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not much, but again, the revenue they would make from the postseason's, uh, you know, a, a pretty high number for sure. I guess right. people think the postseason's real and not farcical at that point, but... Yeah, I know it's it's true. It's it's uh it's a lot different than a regular season when you when you uh when you approach it and you get to that point for sure. All right, uh that'll do it for uh for Matt Sells with us here on the show. Uh but we got plenty more to come here on Sports Grid. You're going to want to stay tuned and by the way, uh in case you missed any of our conversation, you can always watch our show on demand. We have a YouTube channel. Just go on over to sportsgrid.com and then click on our YouTube channel or simply put just go over to youtube.com and subscribe to our channel and you can see all the different guests and all the people who we have on the show, whether it's Scott Farrell or the morning after or any of the other programs that we have on the air. And the most important thing that I always tell people here on the show, for those of you who like the content that Matt has or any of our other guests here on the show is make sure that you turn your notifications to on that little bell that you see there on YouTube. Because once you do that, whenever our shows are done and the shows air, we post them over to our YouTube channel. So you can watch them on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including this show that we are uh, almost done with here on this uh, on this Friday afternoon. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today. When we come back next, more conversation about baseball. We're going to be joined by Gray Albright of Razball at Razball.com. As Gray has a uh, take, of course, in a position on the game that you know virtually nobody else has. 
So we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned here on Sports Grid. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Sports Grid as well. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Every Friday, we bring in Gray Albright from Razball and Razball.com. And as we predicted last week on the show, we would have complete clarity. We'd be breaking <laughs> down fantasy baseball. We'd be going through pitchers, catchers, first base, second base uh, positional previews, how many games we'd be playing. This is exactly what we said would happen last week. And so let's predict that again for next week, Greg. Greg. <laughs> I know I think we're going to be doing this in like November. We're going to be like, the season's next going to week. <laughs> Next week. We promise next week. That's what I, uh, I tweeted today. Something like uh, the uh, owners want the postseason to start on November 1st. And I was like saying how, yeah, and negotiations will be done on October 31st. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah the owners want the postseason uh, played right now. <laughs> they, they want to put. They want to just start with the postseason. You know? Yeah. Let's re, let's just you know, Garrett Cole, thirty million. Eh, you get that next year. You know, just go play right now for the playoffs for like ten grand. You know. That's uh, why didn't the owners think of this sooner? <laughs> you don't. Yeah, they're like anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like from now on, the postseason will start in April, and the regular season, nah, eh, you know, we'll play a lot in stadiums that may get rained out. You know you what know? this is? Uh, yeah, you know what this is like in uh, in Hollywood. It's like you do a uh, a hundred million dollar film, and uh, you know you uh, and you go out there and you have to do like the interviews and the award uh, ceremonies and all that. It's like you skip the film and you just go right to the Oscars. It's like, I like that. Have you ever been to the Oscars? <laughs> No, I've never been to the Oscars. Okay, just a random thought. I don't yeah, know. no, I haven't. I uh, I've been to Oscar parties, uh, and I've that seen. A lot it's not surprising. Yeah, but I haven't been to the actual Oscars. But uh, yeah, no, it's like that's what because the postseason, it's like that's where the owners make all their money. So they're of like, course. why are we even doing a regular season? It's the same thing with like movies. It's like let's just go and have the movie done already and accept the awards. Like uh, you gotta have to sort of yeah. play along here. 
to get to the postseason. You can't just do a postseason. Yeah, like the owner of the Pirates, Gray, like nutting. He's like, man, it's going to be great. You know, <laughs> we'll even have to play this year. You know, we'll save all our guys. And then, yeah, we'll just get that revenue sharing at the end of the year. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, I look, I, I, I think that there is there's some truth in all humor. And I think that there definitely is a part of this that is true. And it feels like, Gray, to me, the way that I, you know, and, and again, it's very fluid and these situations can change. But it feels like to me, and this is what I've said, is that the owners knew all along the number was 80, 81, 82. And it's almost like they sat in a room and said, well, we could probably do that. But let's try and figure out a way that we don't have to do that. Well, what do you think? I don't know. You think we can get them down to 50? I don't know. You think we can get them to 60, 70? I don't know. But if we do, we win. So let's just <laughs> play this out as long as we possibly can. Yeah. And anything less than the 82 is a win, Gray. I brought this up on our shows earlier this week. I used a couple different examples. You know, what? What is? you think the Tigers owner would like to play uh, pay Miguel Cabrera for 10 less games? That's a lot of money. You think Garrett Cole, 10 less games. Strasburg, 10 less games. Machado. And, and you add up all that money in the end, and it's millions of dollars. And it's only 10 ga games or days. But... I really feel like it's going to be somewhere between 50 and 80. And, uh, and you know, I don't think the players are going to win this one. No. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I do agree that it's like a it's just a strange negotiation tactic of like saying, you know, the players are like 114 games and then the owners come back with 50, which is like, what? Wait, ah. What? <laughs> like not even not even close. But the whole idea is to meet somewhere in the middle so I do agree that probably we're looking, I mean, it, it feels like some sort of, uh, you know, it, it feels like it makes a little bit of sense to have an 81 game season and you just say, okay, it's a half a year. Here we go. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, I don't know any of the numbers off the top of my head, but when you see like guys like Miguel Cabrera, you know, they make this much per at bat or this much exactly. per game. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, if we can avoid even one game, we're saving ourselves, you know, I don't know the number, but say we're saving ourselves $125,000 by not having one game or whatever it is, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, 20 grand, 30 grand. But the thing is, is that, you know, this is a, a, a conglomerate right. of owners. Every player. And, and when they sit together and they look at this, now, look, it may not affect every team, certainly, but... Again, if, if if in the end, for the owners, if stalling this out and playing this back and forth for 20 days or 30 days saved them 10 games pay and a total of $15, $20 million, was it worth it? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are how these guys these are how these guys become billionaires. You know, it's it's sad that it's played out this way. I think it's unfortunate that uh, we've been given every single little detail as to what's gone back and forth. This was the one part that they should have known better and they should have avoided to get to this point because we're souring on the story already. I mean, you and I aren't. We're having fun with it. And I think we both think the same thing. At least I, I think we do, which is that yeah. I don't care. We'll be back next February. Like, we're, we're, we're a prisoner of the moment. Everyone's going to be yelling about baseball. The baseball's done and it's all finished and no one will ever. And then, and then every spring game is going to sell out in March. You know it's true. I yeah, mean, it'll be back next year. Oh, it's always like that. Yeah, everyone who, uh, you know, it's like you get in the moment and you start screaming uh, fire and it's like there's, n I mean, yes, it sucks if there's no season, but there's going to be like baseball's not just going to go away just because 
there's a pandemic and the owners and the players can't get on the same page. That's not going to end baseball. It's like it'll be back just like you said in February and we'll go through this all over again. I think the uh, I think the biggest, um, you know, tell as far as the owners goes is when you look at the fact that they won't even pay, you know, some teams won't even pay their minor leaguers with money that is like pocket change for them. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's how they become billionaires because they're looking after like, you know, the fact that like, well, if there's no minor league season, why am I paying them? It's like if, uh, you know, like if a, uh, you know, and I'm not saying I side with the owners, but say, you know, someone who owns a big box retail store and and the store goes out of business, they don't then pay all their workers for nine more months because a store went out of business. It's like unemployment. You go to unemployment, the government pays you, or you know you find another job. But the company down companies downsize all the time. I mean, I'm not saying I'm for it, but that's just the reality of this situation. Yeah, and look, and in the end, if they don't play, it will fall on the owners because the players will say, "Hey, we were willing to play. We had an agreement." And, and there's a sentiment that I agree with that as well. Uh, the owners for this money that we're talking about is essentially they could have made this a charitable donation and wrote it off for the good of the country. But right. again, you know, we don't we don't have their money. It's hard to be in that position. I mean, you and I, if we knew baseball was going to happen and they pulled us and said, hey, Gray Albright, Craig Mish, you got to donate each. You're going to lose it. You got to give 20 bucks away. You got to do it. Baseball will come back. You know, we'd do it. Mm-hmm. But then what if it was 20,000? You know, we may say, well, right. you know, <laughs> you know right. I like baseball a lot. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'll, you know, I'll see you next year. So um, I think I think it will get worked out. I can't believe, by the way, Gray, I, this is what I can't believe. I can't believe that we're headed toward the draft on Wednesday without a resolution. It is going to be super embarrassing for the commissioner to be making these picks. And, and I know the baseball draft's not like football, but to be calling out first, second, third picks in the draft, and staring at that camera, knowing that if there's no season, it's one thing. And if they bag it, fine. But yeah. having uncertainty on that night, my gosh. Like I know. I, I mean, everything has been so tone deaf up until this point that I, uh, I refuse to predict anything as far as the MLB goes. But, I mean, the owners are tone deaf, and I, it's impossible at this point to predict anything. So I don't want to go out on a limb and say this is going to happen. But it would be really nice if the – owners and the players could get on the same page on Tuesday so we could have a somewhat normal draft on Wednesday. If that doesn't happen, I agree with you. It's not going to be a pretty picture on Wednesday to have MLB draft and no baseball in the foreseeable future. Yeah, and uh, and yesterday I spent some time talking to a couple of people in baseball, general managers and executives, and they shared, not the tone deaf part, but they shared the same, um, the same sentiment is that it, this, I mean, there's not a hard deadline, but I think it is the 10th. I think that this is it because uh, nobody wants to be in that situation Wednesday night. And by the way, all of the executives, every single one of them in Major League Baseball, are going to be asked about their draft picks. And they're going to be on conference calls talking about their draft picks. Everyone, every president, every member of their organization. And they cannot be put in that position on Wednesday not knowing if there is a season. Because guess what? No one is going to give a bleep about that draft, especially after the first 15, 20 picks. It's a baseball draft, let's be honest. I get excited about it, you get excited about it. The general public does not. So after the first few picks, I mean, you're talking about the back end of the draft, the Dodgers, the Yankees, 
um, you know, the Astros. Well, the Astros don't have a pick. The Indians, like teams that did really well, the Twins last year. What do you think that they're going to ask their guys, their general managers and presidents? Oh, tell me all about this uh, high school kid you got in the 25th pick. They're going to be like, no, what do you think about not playing this year? Are you guys going to play? You're not going to play? I think the 10th is the hard deadline, Greg. I think that's it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's hard to get around that elephant in the room if there's a draft and there's no baseball agreement. It's just, it's really difficult to say like, oh yeah, uh, let's talk about, you know, this kid you um, drafted out of, you know, wherever, Florida. And, oh, okay, by the way, there's no baseball. Yeah, right. it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, they, and honestly, I'd kind of wish they would just say, before the draft that there is no baseball happening. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like just get Completely. it out there and just be like, okay, here's the situation. We're sorry. This is what's going to happen this year with coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. We can't come together and make it work, but we're going to go ahead with the draft. Enjoy. Fine. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, we could, we, I mean, we couldn't live with it, but it'd be better than not knowing. Not knowing on the tenth is going to be a nightmare for all these people, and and I'm, and and they are secretly hoping that there is a resolution by that as well. Um, so uh, on a positive note, uh, well, I don't have any positive news in Florida where our COVID cases are on the rise again. How about California? How's California going out there, Greg? What's going on out there? Uh, yeah, not much good news going on out here. You got nothing. I'll be honest. There's not a ton of good news. No, I am sorry. Anything good on TV? Nothing good on TV or anything like that? Uh, I started watching Homecoming on Amazon Prime, uh, the second season. It was good. You don't have to watch the first season. I would actually skip the first season, which wasn't really? very good. Second season's good. Yeah, I would watch it if I were you. It's solid. All right, I'll check it out. Thanks, Gray, for coming on the show. That was a great way to end it. Watch Homecoming, second season. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with Gray Albright on Friday. We won't know if there's a baseball season. We know that that's, uh, that's definitely the case. Thanks to everybody who watched the show today. We really appreciate it. That'll do it for Fantasy Sports today. Joe and I will be back for the weekend edition of the show. And have a great night and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com